With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Featuring, care coming this week. Y'all tap in with it, care It's something real nifty. It's something real sporty. On hood, we got a great interview, care Are you disgusted? I am. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we're actually going to take a little bit of a break from the stock up, stock down thing that we've been doing so far this season, and we're going to play future predictor. We're going to look into the future. We're going to tell you who are the 2024 Dynasty Breakouts. But my co-host is a man who broke out years ago. He is a very valuable veteran. You know him better as the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry Sinclair, buddy, what's going on? Nothing, man. I am excited. I broke out like Dante Foreman. It took me about six years. It's going to be one week, and then I'm going to fall off the face of the earth. I'm good. How was Vegas? You You actually got a vacation from me for a week, which is probably wonderful for you. I'm glad you brought that up. First of all, Vegas was good. We were in Vegas for two days. We went to Zion National Park for two days, and I highly recommend both. It was a a good mix of outside and nature and then obviously urban and city and and casino. But I want to say you and producer Kevin had an absolutely wonderful show. You talked a little little shit about your boy here, a little bit, just a little bit. Southerly grandpa sayings was that was that was a <laughs> phrase that that I, I heard, and I actually giggled out loud when I, when, when you I, said. I only it. say that because my grandpa is from Arkansas and he has just off the wall nut sayings just like you always do, which is why I always write yours down because it just reminds me of that so much. There there's so there's so many good ones and 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 you can't like put them all together. You can only remember them as they come up. But I thought you and Kev had an absolutely wonderful show. Now, I said at the top of the show, happy Wednesday. Jerry and I are recording on Wednesday night for a Thursday morning podcast. And a Thursday, it's 5 o'clock evening or is it afternoon? I I think that's like an opinion thing. Yeah, I'm I'm an afternoon guy there probably. I I am too. I don't think evening's till like 7. 7 feels like evening. I think prime six time. is the prime, grade. Prime time games are like 738 o'clock. That's I, evening. I will allow it. So in so then Thursday afternoon, 5 p.m. This will be streamed up live on YouTube. I guess it's be live to you. 
And uh, shout out to Brittany from the graphics department for the sweet thumbnail graphic for this show. Really awesome. Again, player profiler, YouTube channel, Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel. And if you're listening to this on audio, you're only subscribed to one feed, subscribe to both feeds. Pretty please and thank you. That helps us grow the show and it is a free way for you to help us. Literally subscribing to our YouTube and, and podcast channels, it costs you nothing, a couple of seconds, and believe it or not, it helps way more than you think. And then, Jerry, I've got to tell you about one of the hottest shows on the player. Speaking of player profile, got to tell you about one of the hottest new shows on there. Dear Ms. Fantasy with Tara Victoria. Hey, it's a lady. You know, you don't get a lot of ladies doing content more than ever, which is great, which is good. And it's awesome to have a female teammate here at the Player Profiler Network, Jerry. True. I mean, anything's better than me, too. This is true. Maybe let's let's be honest. Yeah. No, 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 no. I like doing this podcast, and I don't want to be replaced, sir. Oh, okay. Well, we're not trying to replace you. It's bad enough that Kevin's trying to already. You know, we're going to have Kevin on, but you know, he he's obviously he's busy producing the show. Uh, but don't but don't miss the Dear Ms. Fantasy show with Tara Victoria. You can find it right here on the Player Profiler YouTube and podcast networks. Jerry, let's jump into good people, bad tweets. But before we do, let's hear a word from Betel. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, I wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on Battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new Battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Battle is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20 you get 50 Think about that. So go to Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A little battle action, Jerry. I've got it's some battle be right. credits. They, they, they hooked me up. I've got to challenge you. I got to challenge you. I mean, I, I beat up on you every week in, 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 in fantasy football, but... Yeah, man, give Battle a try. Promo code Underworld. All right, Jerry, I know you guys did this last week. You didn't have Dana White here on the soundboard. That's okay. I got it. We got a good people. And this this tweet is a tweener. Obviously, Alec Bama, at Alec Bama, is an Alabama fan, I would assume. If not, a hell hell of a play on words. And I, I like this tweet, and I don't like this tweet. And it says, fantasy football content aggregators want to boost and parrot every little analytic and stat except for the one that's the easiest to record, their track record. Now, when I hear that, 
I, I've I've never been shy on this program about sharing both my success and failures in any given league. Uh, I talk we, we talk about trades. We talk about a lot of times the trades that we make. Actually, later in the show, we're going to talk about a trade that Jerry makes. You know, I've I've humble bragged about the leagues that I'm in with my peers, our peers in the Dynasty Fantasy Football content creation space. And I've I've been very successful, but I don't do it because I feel like I need to be accountable. I do it because I'm a dynasty gamer, just like you. I love this game. I, I play it passionately. We, you know, I will tell you th- th- this is going to sound like I'm trolling, and I'm not. But I have more. T- I have more of a hard time in our patron leagues than I do in these industry leagues. I mean, not saying I'm whooping up on them all the time, but I'm doing okay. But I don't. I don't bring it up on the show to brag. That's not true. I bring it up to brag, but I also bring it up just to as a way of saying that I'm a dynasty gamer just like you. And and I don't think necessarily, like I saw this tweet today and then I saw another person tweet weekly league accountability. I'm like, what? The, you're not accountable to anybody but yourself, dude. Relax, relax. Jerry, do you feel accountable to Twitter and anyone else but yourself when you, when you play dynasty because you create content? No, the, for one, self-deprecation is absolutely my game, especially when it comes to content creation. But also, I am not silent about why I do this. It's because I have played this game for a good amount of time with a lot of leagues, which gives me a nice data set. And I just try and learn from the mistakes, which is why I bring them up. How many times have I talked about Corey Davis and how many times have I talked about Hakeem Butler? And now I'm talking about <laughs> Najee Harris. I mean, the tons of them. Not and I don't you. have to bring you know. up my own mistakes because you and Kev did a great job bringing all of them up last week. <laughs> well, I mean, he was he was taking swings, but it's okay. The Phillies lost, so if you want to take a shot at him, he's probably a sad fella right now. Um, but I, I do tend to sort of agree with the tweet in the sense that just tooting your own horn all the time makes you sort of a fart-sniffing turd, and it makes me just not want to listen to you at all. But I'm, also, I'm in 23 leagues. How am I going to tell you how I'm doing in 23 leagues? I'm just like you. And, and 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 some of them are are built purposefully to lose. Like I have some teams that are 0 and 7. I only have one team that's undefeated though, but that feels good. Uh so like I if I put my overall record up there, yeah, it's probably above the 500 mark, but also there's several teams that are just not built that way and it's going to skew my record even though actually that's what I'm going for. That's that's me helping that team out. I don't know. So I, I, I get it. I, I don't like saying, you know, you, your win and losses in leagues determines how smart of a person you are. It should be based on players and their situations and their contracts and their money and analyzing everything as it is because everything is not fluid in this game. Nobody wants to hear about 23 or 24 leagues that I'm in and no one wants a dissertation or a complete rundown. Know that I'm just like you, that if you play in multiple leagues and you've listened to this show, Theo and and the Podfather and, and, you know, and those guys on the Sonic Truth or, or just anybody, you know, we have some leagues that we have, you know, we're doing really good and we're chasing championships. We have some where we're tanking because it's going into week eight and we should be, if we're not winning, we should be focusing on how can we get ready to win. And then we've got some in the middle that we're not 100% which way we're going. We're just like you. So sharing and being accountable 
accountable is like, what's my overall, if you've listened to this show for a long time, you know that my hits and Jerry's hits way outweigh our misses. Do we have misses? Of course we do. But I don't feel like putting our team record, my track record is all the success that we've had over the years and not an individual week or year to year. Hey, you know who deserves a lot of credit for a, a team record right now that I want to bring up? Uh, Neil, our man, who is 14-0 in the Scott Fishbowl, one of only 20 teams out of like the 3,000 that are in it that is still undefeated. Neil Keep Gray, going, brother. Let's Neil, go. Gr- Neil Gray, the, now if you join our patron, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, Neil is our admin. So once you you deal with me and I get you in the group chat and I get you all set up, you know, try to help you with your league or whatever it is that you need from a patron standpoint, we turn you over to Neil. And Neil gets you on the list to fill an orphan in 2024. Um, just a, a great guy. But he's a passionate dynasty gamer just like us. So it's a great way to champion one of our own right out of, right out of our, our patron, Neil Gray. Love Neil, good to us, uh, a wonderful dynasty player, and obviously a redraft seasonal player, even given funky rules. So if if you want to give Neil a shout, you can do that on Twitter. It's like at NRG and a bunch of numbers, or you can just come over to the patron, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. And uh, we're going to get out of here. I don't want to, you know, I'm I'm torn on this one. So I'm going with this version of Dana White tonight. Federal prison. Federal fucking prison. If you're that fucking stupid and somebody else wants to do it, knock yourself out. You know, there's not enough money in it. You know, that that was the right one. If if, if you're dumb enough to post your win-loss record in every league you're in, you deserve what you get. Now, normally, normally we would have a little bit of uh, Dr. Kyle. But he is still on paternity leave. He's out celebrating being a new dad. And there's not been a catastrophic dynasty. There's been injuries. There's not been, and and, and thank God, you know, there's there's not been a lot of catastrophic, there's injuries, there's plenty. If you're a Kyron Williams, Justin Jefferson, now maybe Deshaun Watson, there's been injuries. Maybe we need to get Doc on to talk about the, the rotator cuff contusion, fancy word for Bruce on the shoulder of Deshaun Watson. Maybe we need to get him on there. But I I thought in light of this, and I owe Dallas, Dallas Hyder, who does rookie content for us, I deleted the file that he sent me on. <laughs> uh, I think very, it's Will. I think it's I'm, – I'm, I'm owning it, Jerry. Talk about your misses. This is, is me very accountable. Jerry, <laughs> very Jerry Sinclair. I'm owning it. I'm, I'm owning it. He's, I think it's Will Shepard, the wide receiver from West Virginia University, sent me a nice little video on that, and I fucked up. I delete. I didn't mean to. I was trying to add it, and somehow I deleted it. Like I do this every week. I add. I add the Dallas clip, and I deleted it. So what we're gonna do is, since we don't have anything from Kyle, and I screwed up and deleted the file from from Dallas, I am going to do a little news. We've not done any news lately, but uh, Jerry, t- t- two of my favorite quarterbacks. Apparently, everything's coming up. Memphis, Will Levis. Name the starter for the Titans this week. What do you think about my boy, Will Levis? You know, I picked him up in my oldest redraft league, and I'm I'm just in case, just in case he wants to pop off and be an animal, I'm ready for it. But here's the thing. Malik Willis is poop. Ryan Tannehill is washed. Y- you drafted 
Will Levis in the second round. You got to see what you got. I'm ready for it. I'm excited for it. I promise you, when I look at the lineups for NFL matchups on Sundays, when I see the Tennessee Titans, I know that's one of the games I don't have to watch because I'm not excited to watch it. No offense to any Tennessee Titan fans out there, but I promise you I'm going to be looking forward to it with Will Levis. The Speaking of Vegas, last, last week out in, in Vegas, in Vegas in the casinos in the sports book, they call anything with the Tennessee Titans a corner of the room game. So like on the big TV, you've got the Chiefs, you've got the, you know, used to be the Packers, you've got the Cowboys, and in the corner of the room on like a small 40-inch TV, you've got the Titans, because you got to have it on in the sports book, but that's a corner of the TV, that's, corner that's, of the room TV game. Too. Yeah, got like, yeah, a, yeah, like a big TV wall. Oh yeah, no, yeah. The, the little corner part of the wall is where the Titans. Yeah, you, are going. You, you 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 just tuck them down in there. But I, but I am excited. Uh, I'm not going to get too high, and I'm not going to get too low if he's doing great. Like like I didn't get too high when Jordan Love came out and set the world on fire, and I didn't get too low now that he's not been exactly setting the world on fire. You want to give these guys the full sample and reevaluate. You can do it quarterly. You can go up. You can go down. But another guy, and I'll be honest, this guy made me the excellent dynasty player that I am today. And that is none other than Sam Darnold. Looks like Brock Purdy picked up a concussion late in the game against the Vikings on on Monday night. And Sam Darnold is in line to start against the Bengals. And I'm thrilled. Now, I don't think, I, I, I have no illusion that Sam Darnold is going to take this job from Brock Purdy. But Sam Darnold made me a better dynasty gamer when I realized I have to stop rooting for players and recreating the narrative that is their situation. And then sometimes you just can't you you just can't force it. And we're going to talk about a coach and an issue here in a minute with with, it, with forcing it, but I'm excited for a one game. And I'll be honest, speaking of one of my industry leagues, I'm currently sixth in this league. I'm four and three, I but I'm four and three in spite of no Austin Eckler for a time, no Cooper Cup, no Deontay Johnson, uh, just lost Kyron Williams, and, and uh, I've been battling Deshaun Watson in a super flex because he was my, my QB two. So this is going to help me getting, getting Sam Darnold as my QB two for the week, at least for the week, gives me a Band-Aid. But yeah. Sam Darnold taught me to stop falling in love with players. Like players, love winning. So I, I can like a guy, but now I Sam Darnold is the guy that taught me not to hang on too long. You know, you, you, you don't hold on to a mistake for too long just because you spend a lot of time making a mistake. Love Sam Darnold, but that's why you just see me quickly move on. You're like, God damn, Memphis, you're moving on from him already? Yep, sure am. And when you hear that in the future, when you're like, like Quentin Johnston, I, I was never on him, but I'm clearly off of him. I, I, I'm not hanging on anymore, but I'm super excited for Sam Darnold. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Sam this weekend? And are any concern from, from a week-to-week basis with the, the skill guys like, like Iuke, like Kittle, CMC? No. I mean, Darnold can get him the ball. Kyle Shanahan's still there. It's... I mean, he's not going to take that job, right? Brock Purdy's done everything that he needs to do to keep that job. But he's not taking it, it yet. Yeah, oh, all right. Hey, hey, look, I'm not saying he's, he's he's a capable backup. There's a lot of teams that have a shittier situation. And if the backup was in, you would go, okay, I'm not starting these skill position players. 
and I'm not to that point with Sammy. I, I just know this. Kyle Shanahan, since the draft, has been a Sam Darnold fan. And the minute that he came available, he was the reason why I thought Trey McBride, or not Trey McBride, wrong guy, Trey Lance, Trey Lance McBride, you know, he he's uh, benefiting from the Zach Ertz going on sure. on IR this week. So, so, and I double by the little secret side note because of my, my, my Freudian slip from my man crush on, uh, on, on Trey McBride. Uh, if Kyler starts this week, uh, he loves the tight end. It would no Zach Ertz there could be Trey McBride to the moon, but, but back to Trey Lance, Sam Darnold and Kyle Shanahan's love for him is part of the reason why I thought Trey Lance would be, you know, the third stringer. I never thought he would get traded. So I'm just excited. I, I just thought I'd, you know, where else can you get this much Sam Darnold talk? <laughs> you're not. You're not. I don't know if it's justified, but we will find out. Look, uh, I, I I can still fanboy for one guy. Now most people fanboy for a guy who's good. I fanboy for a guy who is not good. And you know why? I I I don't know why I hung on because I didn't listen. Jerry, you ever get in trouble with your wife or your boss because you didn't listen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all, all the time. Same, 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 same. And, you know, when people tell you who they are, you need to listen. Arthur Smith told us two years ago who he is. And then, and then he did it again last year. He told us exactly who he is as a coach, as a play caller, and what was going to be the impact on, on fantasy football. And then he came out today, and, and this soundbite that, that he released, this has dynasty and fantasy content creators in a tizzy, for, for lack of a better word. And I'm like, you're mad because Arthur Smith is Arthur Smith. It's not like he was Sean McVay or Andy Reid and turned into Arthur Smith. You're mad because Arthur Smith is rubbing your nose and being wrong. You were wrong. You thought all of a sudden he was going to take the, the red pill as opposed to the blue pill. And 2023 was going to start off with Kyle Pitts turning into TJ Hawkinson and Drake London was going to be Cooper Cup and, and B. John Robinson was going to be prime, Mar you know, Marshall Falk. And when it didn't happen, it's Arthur Smith's fault. No, no, dumb, dumb. It's your fault. It's your fault for convincing yourself that Arthur Smith had changed. So I've already learned my lesson. It's time for you to learn your lesson. When coaches tell you who they are, believe them. This is why Kyron Williams is doing well because Sean McVay wants to run the ball. And just because everybody's favorite Cam Akers couldn't get the job done for him doesn't mean that unathletic Kyron Williams couldn't. When coaches tell you, and people in your life, this is more than a dynasty thing. When people tell you who they are, listen and don't try to make them something they're not, Jerry. That's my takeaway from the Arthur Smith situation. That's fine, but you could at least tell me if Bijan Robinson's going to get any fucking snaps at all. He played. He played and cashed a bet. Yeah. Oh, oh gipty fucking skippy. I get I get one carry. I, I couldn't get any anything pregame. They said Bijan's not going to play. That he's not feeling well. I couldn't get but nothing. But he did play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He suited up. He played uh -huh. snap. He had to. He had to play snaps in the game for me to get paid on my bet, and he did. 
he gave it a go. Arthur Smith into the sun for that catastrophe. Let me let me just uh, you know, Rick Flair once said, "Whether you like it or whether you don't, learn to live with it because it's the best thing going today." Whether you like Arthur Smith or whether you don't, learn to live with it because if he wins that division this year, which I believe currently they're in first place, he's not going anywhere to 2025. So from a dynasty standpoint, get your mind right. What you've seen from Drake London is what Drake London is. What you've seen from Kyle Pitts is what Kyle Pitts is. We've seen some really good and we've seen some some really frustrating with Bijan. I think he's more the really good. But going into next year, when you see all these jack wagons on Twitter and putting out all these articles and podcasts talking about how it's, you know, Kyle Pitts' breakout year and Drake, it's not. You've seen the best of it. Now, if they get a quarterback upgrade, if something changes, then something can change. But don't go chasing people when they tell you. Who they are. So, so Jerry, I'm going to end this. We're going to get into some breakouts. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sure. I thought for sure you were going to bust out with Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, the TLC classic, but it's fine. I'm, 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 I'm not going to, I'll sing on the podcast. I have sung on the podcast. I won't because I was fired up and I was waiting. I was waiting to play a, a sound bite because this is all that I heard when I saw all these whiny boo boo face Twitter dynasty fantasy analysts. Go outside, nerd. Get out. Go. I ain't got time to be distracted by your worthless chimes. Go on. God, yeah, baby you, Billy you, is the best. You, uh, you, so many good sound bites from, from Walton Goggins, period. But uh, let's talk about some breakouts, man. We're about halfway through the show, but we'll go as long as we want. Now, I, I, chopped, I chopped these up into, into three buckets. I chopped these okay. up into guys that have kind of broken out, have the draft capital, the draft capital narrative, the draft capital mob are already in full effect, or we've seen some breakouts for them. But these are the guys, especially the next cluster of three and the final cluster of three, these are guys that I really want to talk about. But the first guy is JSN. Had his best fantasy game as a pro last week. No DK Metcalf. This should not have come as a surprise. I still think that he's going cheap enough. There could be a buying window on JSN. What are your thoughts on JSN? Because I think due to his draft capital, his pedigree coming out of Ohio State, that he could be a, a breakout value if you get him at the right time. What you want if you're looking to acquire JSN is you're looking for DK to come back. You're looking for him to go back as the third banana in that in that passing game. And then you can buy that dip. But I think he's still cheap enough that you should be able to see. And let's be honest, injuries happen. And Tyler Lockett's well into his 30s. So uh, I, I, I am excited. But I think if you want to acquire him, you better do it now in season. Because point scoring season will stop. Hype season will start, and this man will be deeply wrapped in the hype conversation as we get into February, March. So I, I'm excited. I think he's going to break out from a points-per-game basis, but his price is going to be astronomical. In the offseason? Yeah, 100%. He's he's just with his his rookie draft capital and everything that goes along with it. Once, once points 
scoring season stops, he's absolutely going to go up. He, it's exactly what I wanted to see. I, I poo-pooed Jordan Addison a little bit last week when we were on the show with Kevin, because I said with Justin Jefferson out, I wanted to see him in that ceiling type game. You're in a, a situation where you can show what your ceiling is, and he didn't. Now he did this week, and it was absolutely wonderful to see. And with DK Metcalf out, we got to see Jackson Smith and Jigba for who he is, and he performed exactly the way I wanted to see it. So absolutely excited about it. I would probably wait until DK Metcalf comes back and he's going back to those two, three receptions for 40 yard games. And that's when I'm going to make my offer because Randy, you are so spot on that his his value is going to increase when people are not paying attention to four catches for 45 yards. And they're just thinking JSN first round pick Seattle, Ohio state wide receiver. If you just decided like, you know, maybe, Maybe you're four and three or three and four, and you're kind of like in like sixth through eighth place in your league. And you've been kind of doing it. You've been, you know, piecing this thing together with bubble gum and shoestrings and just like you lost Kyron Williams and and now the wheels are going to come off the wagon. Yep. You know, now's a great time to see what can you do to go find a contender that's, you know, and, and get rid of that last veteran. Go move a second and Adam Thielen and try to get JSN because you're only going to profit from that move. I'm not saying you'll get that move done, but that's like a a great conversation. Uh, A non-contending like the 205, 206, and uh, an Adam Thielen who's absolutely crushing it right now during point scoring season if JSN is a non-integral part of a contender's roster – that's where I'd be snooping around. But this next guy, Jerry, what? Yep. No, nope, go ahead. So this next guy has only played four games. He missed the second game of the season. He's missed the last two games of the season, and yet he's still RB9 on the season. Funny story, as a rookie, he's scored a point and a half more on the season playing three less games than Bijan Robinson. It's Devon Achan. And this guy has been lightning in a bottle. We know he has the the knee injury. He's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, I don't think you can buy him now, but but he's a guy. I'm telling you right now, if he comes back and he even plays 65%, 70% of what he's doing, and if he still manages to finish as an RB1, a top 12 RB, in spite of you know missing games due to injury, I'm telling you, he is going to be thrown into that RB six ish range in a startup come March and his value is going to skyrocket. He's the guy though, that in this offense, if he stays healthy, he could absolutely crush and he could be a guy that if you have him or maybe you could acquire him and you have a league mate who's got Christian McCaffrey, he could be a guy that could be like the antidote to Christian McCaffrey down the stretch. Cause he's got a 50 point game, a 27 point game, a 21 point game on his ledger. And on a per-game basis, he scored more points than Christian McCaffrey. So I love him. Um, His value is going to fluctuate a lot based on injury, health, and how he's contributing in season. But I'm telling you, there's going to be so much buzz around him in the offseason. He's going to be huge for 2024 Dynasty. 100% my biggest buy to sell. I am 100% going to try and buy him while he's hurt. And while the hype is still there 
and sell him in the offseason because that man's startup value come this time in the summer of this season is going to be silly. Just based on the explosiveness that we've seen, the offense that he's in, he's little. He gets hurt, which is why I am scared about it. But his value has, even even if it is slightly dipped, it is worth it because it is not going to stay dipped. It is absolutely going to peak for the remainder of the season and into the offseason and into next year. Absolutely. This is the probably the number one person you should be trying to acquire because of an injury. In my opinion, I can't think of anyone else that I would rather do it because his value is 100% going to be goofy this time next fall. Well, well, that is a great segue. I, I don't know how you do it, but I do know how you do it because you're you're the best co-host in the game today. My biggest guy that I'm looking to acquire and I'm not looking to move is Zay Flowers. And, and this is as much a move on Lamar as it is on Zay Flowers. I I love the offense. Here's the thing. He's not set the world on fire, but he's averaging 13 PPR points a game, and his worst game of the season is an Ocho, is eight points. Now, I I don't want an eight for my wide receiver on a given week, but knowing that a guy's not going to hang a zero on me, not going to hang a five on me, anything like that, he is a guy that is so good. And, And this is how I want to be attached to Lamar Jackson. I I said coming into the season, I was like, don't be surprised if Lamar has a big bounce back. But Lamar is still a running quarterback. Lamar has still been hurt two seasons in a row. And I don't know that at cost, I want to hitch my wagon to Lamar Jackson long-term in Dynasty as in having Lamar Jackson. But I do want to hitch my wagon to Lamar Jackson by having Zay Flowers. I think this passing offense has looked the best it ever has as long as Lamar has been a pro. And I think Zay Flowers is going to be the beneficiary of that. Big on Zay Flowers. That's why he's my number one buy because I think that the the numbers stay consistent. I think he's going to have a couple of breakouts here or there. And I think he's going to be very highly sought after in the offseason. I think he is, but I think when you look at the end of the season – I don't think it's going to be super sexy because what you're seeing right now is that level of consistency, right? Like you're seeing the floor is so wonderful, but you're not seeing those spike weeks where everybody on Twitter doesn't shut up about Zay Flowers. And when those don't happen, I feel like the offseason value is going to keep it a little bit depressed. And I think he's going to slide under the hype machine a little bit. Bold, bold take. I'm going to say it right now. I don't have a lot of Chris Olave, but if I had a lot of Chris Olave, I am going to trade Chris Olave for Zay Flowers Plus. I I, I, I I would absolutely love it. Based on the salary cap and the way Derek Carr's contract is structured, he's not going anywhere the rest of this year or next year. And my yeah. fade of Chris, of, of Chris Olave, on top of the fact that the gas pedal, he's a big fan of the one on the right, so he likes to smash it, you know, we didn't talk about that in the news, but I don't think that's going to be. Maybe he gets suspended for a game. Who knows? But yeah, for me, he it's 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 more of a fate of him being attached to Derek Carr, and what does that look like over the next two years, as opposed to Zay Flowers with a QB that I love the way the offense is moving. 
Pittsburgh's offense is coming around. We know how good Cincinnati is. Cleveland can score points. I would love to see Deshaun play better, but I, I just there's so many little things that I like about Save Flowers, and I only think the narrative is going to grow. I think the other thing that sort of helps his acquirability is they had a stat in the Ravens Lions game this weekend where Lamar Jackson has not missed a game in weeks like one through 11 or something. But then from beyond that, he's missed like 18 games in his career from weeks like 12 to 18. And so if that were to happen again, he would obviously see a dip in production and that would just further slide him under the narrative. And his he has made me look bad. I didn't I didn't love Zay Flowers. I didn't like the Lamar Jackson style of offense. He has come in and he's looked better than Hollywood Brown did in that situation in sort of that same role. I can dig it. I'm with you on that. All right. Well, speaking of making you look bad, let's go to our <laughs> let's go to our trade. Let's go to our trade segment, the Dynasty Trade Corner. Hey traders, now there are days in our trading career when we as traders trade poorly and end up losing. So on those days, we look for inspiration. So we're going to figure out if Jerry traded poorly and needs some trading inspiration. So Jerry, this is a league that you're in. You can give all the context. Here is the trade in a vacuum. A.J. Brown and Joe Mixon. You acquired A.J. Brown and Joe Mixon. And you gave up TJ Hawkinson and Puka Nakua. Do want to do want to note for a little context? This is not repeat, not tight end premium. Jerry, tell us about this league. Tell us about this trade, and tell us about your mindset as you cre- crafted and created this trade. Uh, I actually did not craft and create it. It was sent to me, and I just blatantly accepted it because I am one of the easiest persons in the world to trade with. I will not dilly dally and I will not let little nonsense get in the way of a good trade. I will just accept it. If I can dig it in this league, it's a one QB non tight end premium. And I won the first league. And then I made just some of the stupidest, awfulest piss poor dynasty strategies you could have ever done. And my team has been bad for about two or three years and it's just now starting to get good. I don't think it's still good enough to win, but it is still, I, I might be able to get a little money out of it. Not first place money, but I can get second or third place money. And it's got good bones. Um, Yeah, I, I, the the moral of this story is Joe Mixon for TJ Hawkinson in a non-tight end premium league. I don't care. Like, it's it's fine. I have Michael Mayer. I think I have David and Joku. So, like, I have I have bodies that I can put there, and that's fine. As far as A.J. Brown for Puka Nakua, I I thought, Gerald, you took Puka Nakua in the fourth round of the rookie draft this year. And if you told yourself that on October 25th of this very same year, if you could get A.J. Brown straight up for that, do it. And I'm going to do it. I don't know exactly what the situation with the Rams is going forward. I don't know exactly if Matthew Stafford's going to be there for how long and do I really want to rely on Puka Nakua trying to do that with somebody other than Matthew Stafford, the absolute greatest beneficiary of wide receiver production in the history of dynasty. Now I'll just take AJ Brown. Yeah. Speaking of AJ Brown in the patron group chat this week, you, uh, you guys, and when I say you guys, I really mean producer Kevin 
and Dr. Kyle, along with, with the patrons, were razzing me because I was fading A.J. Brown this year. And I was like, well, gosh, I didn't know that when Shane Steichen went to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts that they were going to promote A.J. Brown to the offensive coordinator because from week two on, when week two, if you remember, that was the Minnesota game, he made the boo-boo face on the sidelines and he was yelling at Jalen Hurts. Since that moment, he's gotten 59 targets he is yeah, literally we, 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 we yeah we we, we we did the we did the math in the in the patron chat the other day he's getting a 65 percent of the all white not just of of between him and devonta smith but like all 65 percent of all wide receiver targets in that offense in the last five games have went to him so i didn't know that but for, from this trade standpoint i i i you, you got a guy who can win you weeks and over the last four weeks, I mean, since, since the boo-boo face incident, 22, 38 and a half, 19, 20, 20, well, 30, he will round up. And, and, and he's done that, you know, with, with only three touchdowns in, in that five game stretch, but he's had no less than 127 yards. You got a real difference maker. I didn't like giving up Hawkinson because even in non-tight end premium, they're just so hard to get a tight end that's getting currently six, eight catches a game. It feels like every week. And it yeah. just feels like, and, and, and I asked you before we hit the record button, I was like, Hey, look, dude, you got who, who else are you like? I got Michael Mayer. He's coming up. You know, if, if, if I'm you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kick the tires on like a Trey McBride. Can I get like a, a, a bullpen of tight ends and maybe play some matchups and, and give yourself some flexibility. But I, I do not fault you for getting AJ Brown, even though I was fading him to begin the season. But again, I didn't know about his promotion. Congratulations. I hope he's getting pay for being the yeah. offensive coordinator. For a guy who has a ton of Devonta Smith too. It sort of pisses me off, but anyway, moving on. Moving on. We're going to, so, you know what, Jerry, it's, uh, it's like you actually read the goddamn show sheet this week. So the next pocket of breakouts Top of the list. I'm looking right at the sheet. This is the group that has kind of broken out, but they've not all the way broken out. Like the last couple of games, we've seen more involvement of Michael Mayer. He had a two-catch game. He had a five-catch game. He had a two-catch game. I was a little surprised by the, the most recent two-catch game, especially given how bad they were trailing. But Brian Hoyer gonna going to Brian Hoyer. He, he's a guy that was one of the most dominant tight ends in the history of player profiler. If you go to player profiler and look at his dominator rating, he's up there with the best of them. Actually, Trey McBride is too, but that's a different story for a different day. Just a, a super talented guy. And I know people hate Josh McDaniels, and, and that's fair. You should. He's got a very punchable face. I will not argue that. But I've also seen Josh McDaniel make multiple tight ends throughout his career very, very valuable for fantasy. So I think Michael Mayer is going to be a good tight end. I think maybe we're a year away from being a year away, but he's definitely someone like we're in a league together, Jerry and I, and by the way, I'm in fifth place in this league for those needing accountability. Um, we <laughs> must start two tight ends in that league. And and I've been able to start starting him. You know, I've, I've been starting Evan Ingram because I was ahead of the curve on Evan Ingram. There's some accountability for you. And then I had Hunter Henry, but now I've got Michael Mayer to mix in, and I'm, I'm feeling really good because in a, in a start two tight end league, you should be banking extra extra tight ends when you can. And I'm I'm really excited because initially uh, I drafted him over Sam Laporta in this league, 
But uh, I don't know that he'll hit Laporta levels, but I'm a big fan of Michael Mayer. I mean, I just traded away TJ Hawkinson so I could rely on him going forward in a league that I'm a playoff contender. So I tend to agree with you. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be one of those absolute animals at the position, but it seems like he's going to be at least relevant and startable. He's going to be one of those guys that Matthew Barry and Clay and all of them talk about as the guy that you can stream on your redraft league for the next decade. I mean, that's a little hyperbole, but it did. That's just what it feels like. It feels like one of those guys that if you don't get one of the top two or three, he's going to be one of the guys that you're starting. And if I can grab that for pretty reduced value, just because the production is not exquisite as a rookie, which is standard for dynasty rookie tight ends, I'm going to do it every time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bank on Michael Mayer being really good in a, in a couple of years. I don't want to go as far as to call him the next TJ Hawkinson, but if we, if the Raiders could just ever get their quarterback and stop doing what the Colts did forever and just band-aid the position, that would be great. And another guy that you know, I kind of kind of have him in the broken out class, but really hasn't broken out, broken out. It's Rishi Rice, and he was a guy that good friend of the show, and you know he's been on the show. John Sheps, he really liked Rishi Rishi Rice. He saw him down at the Senior Bowl this past February, you know, and and John thought that he was the goods. And while he's not set the the PPR board on fire. He's had three straight games with over 11 PPR points. And, and you know, certain guys like John and guys that have been touting Rishi Rice since February, you know, they're starting to, to toot their own horn a little bit. But I think given this offense and the fact that the Chiefs, with what they pay Kelsey and with what they pay Patrick Mahomes, there's always going to be the need for cheap skill position guys. And I really wanted this person to be Sky Moore. Clearly, it feels like it's not going to be Sky Moore, but I think it's going to be Rishi Rice, Jerry. What are your thoughts on Rishi Rice? 100%. It, it, for a lot of the reasons that you said about the contracts and trying to you know, form an offense from guys that have such giant chunks of your budget, but also he's looked pretty good. I mean, he's, he's never going to be Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey at 33 years old, I think he had like 130 yards in the first half. Like, listen, when Tyler Swift, Taylor Swift is watching you at halftime, I didn't want to bring her up, but I gotta. And 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 he's playing for the girl. Bless his sweetheart. Those of us that have him starting in our tight end position are super thrilled about it. But Rice has been good. Rice has been the guy on that offense who's not Travis Kelsey, who's not looked like a total boob, because just about everyone else has pooped their pants out on the field with Patrick Mahomes throwing them the ball. So it it just seems like he is going to be the direction that they're going to go forward with. I don't know if he's going to be there for a long time, but he's definitely going to be there for a good time, and I will take it. Yeah, and and there's still time. You know, good time, a good time to move on Rishi Rice's now. He's got some buzz. I think he's the one. We knew someone was going to break out. I put my chips on Sky Moore. Looks like that's not going to be the correct one. It looks like it's going to be Rishi Rice. And if anything happens to a Travis Kelsey, we don't want to. But if something happens to him, does he become the primary weapon for 
a Patrick Mahomes offense. Trust me, as a guy who's lived in Indianapolis for my entire life and been a Colts fan, I saw Peyton Manning drag many a mediocre to slightly above mediocre wide receiver to to prominence. This is hello, Brandon Stokely. I'm talking to you. So I, I've uh, Anthony Gonzalez. I've, I've seen this happen before, where an elite QB can drag a wide receiver to prominence. But uh, Jerry. What do you know about Tajay Spears? Because you know what I know about Tajay Spears? Hmm. He's had a couple of good games. Nothing great. He had a 16-point game. He had a game where he out-touched Derrick Henry. And do you know what's this coming Tuesday? It's actually two things. Do you know what's this coming Tuesday? Is it the trade deadline? That's one. Do you know the other one? It's Halloween. It's Uh Halloween. And the treat that Tajay Spears GMs could get is if Derrick Henry is traded. Because then he becomes the bell cow in this offense. And I was looking online. You know, I like to peruse the news as we get ready to start the show. And after the Titans traded Kevin Byard and Will Compton and and, and a couple of other veterans, it only feels like Rand Carthen, the GM of the Titans, has like, you know what? We're going to see what we got with Will Levis. We're going to get rid of these old guys. We're going to clear up some salary cap. We're going to get some more rookie picks. And we're going to go ahead and and, and soft reboot slash tank. Because if, if Will Levis is bad, then you'll have a higher draft pick. And maybe you can get in the Drake May, Shador Sanders, Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix Jr. sweepstakes. Because all the other teams in your division with the Colts with Richardson and the Texans with Stroud and the Jags with with T-Law, you're the one team in the division who doesn't have the young quarterback of the future unless it's Will Levis. So why not let Will Levis do his thing and why not let Tajay Spears do his thing? I I, I don't want to go because it's, it's so hyperbolic and so overstated. But this is the potential to be like that PPR, not league winning, but the kind of guy that bridges bye weeks, fills in for some injury gaps, even in season. And if he does that, you know the hype on him to break out in 24 is going to be huge. 100%. I mean, just, I mean, he's, he's caught a lot of passes. He's been productive when he's rushed the ball. It's an offense that obviously likes to run it. Now, that is probably due to the fact that Derrick Henry exists and he is a cyborg and not of this species. But still, it's he's been productive enough for you to be happy and like the sign of things that are going forward, but also hasn't been productive enough for the fantasy community to go nuts over, which creates this nice little pocket where you can acquire him and hope for. I mean, he's not going to cost you a ton, and the upside is there. It, and even if you don't believe in Tajay Spears, the upside is still there. So the opportunity to sell him later, if you're not a believer, is still going to present itself at some point during the offense or in the offseason. And if you do like him, go acquire him now, and you're good to go. I mean, the dude had a 48-yard reception. I mean, he he's had multiple games with multiple receptions. He's got a pretty decent yards per attempt. When it comes to rushing the ball, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is, is or not Hopkins, excuse me, uh, Derrick Henry, I'm thinking of other old washed up people. I mean, how long is he really going to stay there? Like, I, even if he doesn't get traded, Randy, like, 
he he's not a, a a focal point of this offense going forward. There's just no way. Listen, I I agree, and you know I I think. Rand Carson's doing the right thing and that seeing what the young guys have. What does Will Levis have? What does what does you know what what if what if for some some luck or happenstance they're able to trade Ryan Tannehill to Atlanta? I, I would just love to see the meltdown. As a matter of fact, if I'm the Bears, I steer I steer into this tank. I try and trade Justin Fields to Atlanta. Uh, that that would be the uh, I would just that would make me giddy as a schoolgirl. To see a team with Justin Fields and Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake May, but it's coached by Arthur Smith. Just, I just love it. I just laugh my fool ass off. And uh, but but anyway, uh, I want to take a second again to apologize to Dallas. He did a great video. I, I watched it. I did a little editing to it. I was uploading it. And, and what happened is, is I deleted it out of StreamYard where he recorded it because I had already downloaded it onto my computer. And then instead of uploading it, I deleted the download. So that's completely on me. Um, it was good stuff. The The prospect was Will Shepard with two Ps, by the way. Will Shepard, two Ps, wide receiver out of West Virginia. So if you see that name... Do you know what? Do me a favor. You can do me a favor. You can make up for my mistake. Pretty simple stuff. I want you to go to Twitter. I want you to find Salad Galore. S-A-L-L-A-D Galore. Salad Galore. At Salad Galore. And tell, Mem- tell him Memphis screwed up and ask him about Will Shepard. Jerry, does that feel like a, a fair way to make amends? And follow him while you're there, for the love of God. Yeah, that's true. I'm with you. That's That seemed for your nincompoopery. It seems fair. You're helping me. You're helping yourself. You're following a really smart Devi slash dynasty slash rookie guy. There's no losers here except me. I'm the loser. I screwed up. I deleted the file. I'm owning it. Uh, Jerry, let's let's jump into the three guys that haven't really broke out or done a lot. Kind of one guy has. But Kendra Miller, he is, you know, I, I he, you know, uh, there's a famous line in The Sopranos. I don't have that as a sound drop, but his Uncle Junior, when he was the boss, he said, Tony is one sea hair away from running all of North Jersey, and I am that sea hair. The sea hair in this question is Alvin Kamara. He is getting an A.J. Brown level. We've made A.J. Brown a unit of measure now, by the way. AJ, he's getting an A.J. Brown level of targets in his four games back from suspension. 39 targets in four games holy cow dude it's wild 30 he's caught 35 of them by the way and we know the two other running backs in new orleans one is jamal williams yeah he could steal some goal line some goal line work but the one that i think this team would really want to see is kendra miller they invested a decent draft pick for him and he, he's looked good in limited snaps, but I will say this. The Saints are currently $80 million over the 2024 salary cap. And if they cut like all of the dead weight, including Alvin Kamara, who doesn't have a huge dead cap number and has a big cap hit, like Alvin Kamara is probably going to be gone. And what we talk about with Patrick Mahomes and that team, you're going to need cheap skill position guys and where's a better place to scrimp and save 
than the running back position. They're going to be using their other draft picks to try and, you know, triage some holes created by all the cuts and maneuvering they'll have to do in the offseason. He's not done a lot. I don't know that he costs a lot, but I'm looking to get some more Kendra Miller. You know, I wanted to see more. And I think the amount that Alvin Kamara has done gives me a little bit in the sense that maybe they believe that that is what that role is going to be in that offense. But even with Alvin Kamara out, and at one point Jamal Williams was out, we had the opportunity to see the ceiling, and I didn't see anything that was a killer. So I don't. I I liked Kendra Miller coming in. I think I am actually less involved in him now. He is. He I, is I really more, I, I, like. I'm I'm fine going out and getting him just because that that opportunity could exist in the future. I just don't know if they entirely think he's going to be the guy. The guy. And if he's not the guy, the guy, and I can't start him as a flex in my championship week, which I don't know that I'm going to be able to do even next year, it's tough. Oh, I, I first of all, he's already had eight targets in four games. He's played four games and he's had eight targets and he caught four of them in one game for 53 yards. So I'm just saying he's not anyone that's going to be valuable now, but I'm telling you, if you get him right now, even if you never plug him into a lineup, if you get him now and the Saints release Alvin Kamara or trade Alvin Kamara in the offseason, you might as well slap a rocket ship to this guy's back because he's going to the moon. That's That's why I'm predicting he's going to break out in 24 from both a dynasty value standpoint and and as long as Derek and, and he, Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback, Captain Checkdowns locked in there because he 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 gets paid a bajillion dollars, but his dead cap number is an equally large amount of one bajillion dollars. That's twelve zeros. Let's go to Michael Wilson. Now a guy. Now I I talked all the smack about you and 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 Kev giving me grief. I will say Kev gave me some flowers as it relates to, to Michael Wilson. I I just, like I said, you're either better than different than, or the same as, and he is clearly different than, and we've not even seen him play with Kyler Murray yet. Maybe we do this week. Maybe we don't. I don't know. Jerry, I've been big on Michael Wilson all season. I still am. What about you? Uh, I have not, but I am now. His production has definitely turned my turned my direction over there um i'm excited to see what he can do with kyler though listen Dobbs has been okay i mean they're they're not winning but he's been better than i thought he was going to be at least and we'll see what kyler looks like but there's not a lot of mouths to feed to use a cliche in that i don't don't have a cliche alert sounder i know yeah but but honestly there's not so the target share is there and if kyler is going to be remotely close to what he has been. That's a good situation. Zach Ertz is gone now too. I mean, listen, Trey McBride is there and Hollywood exists, but Hollywood's always been just good at just not just, good at football. Just peeking right into relevance. You're like, oh, well, there he is. I can play him. And then when you play him, he's dog crap. And then you put him on the bench and then he goes for 80 yards and a touchdown. Then you put him back in. He's crap again. So the opportunity is there. I'm with you. And he's cheap, mostly because his name is Michael Wilson. And everybody went to school with a guy named Michael Wilson, and it just doesn't sound like an NFL player. I can dig it. 
fun, funny story. My brother beat up a guy named Michael Wilson. See what in, I'm saying? And in, 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 in our younger days, I, I like the targets. He, he's had a five target game. He had three catches in that game, four targets, seven target, you know, not horrible. He's only had 27. He's only had 27 targets on the season, but he's got 67 PPR points. I, I really like the value there. And uh, now this guy, I'm telling you, Jerry, this is another, this is, I'm going to end the show with a Colts bold prediction. Are you ready? This oh, is the I'm... guy who, who the, the dynasty community is going to label as a breakout in 2024, but they're going to label him a breakout based on a false narrative. Are you ready? Okay. It's Joshua Downs. It's Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Josh Downs in and of the entire season, um, you know, he's he had a couple of, of good games, but in the last three weeks, since Gardner Minshew has started the last three weeks against the Titans, against the Jags, and against the Browns, and even against the Ravens, you know what those four games all have in common? What's that? Every one of those games, he scored more than 13 PPR points per game. His only single-digit PPR, the other two, the other three games of the year, excuse me, were games started by Anthony Richardson. So, and I know, I know, uh, in, in that Titans game, I know that Anthony Richardson started the game and then Gardner came in late. I'm, I'm just telling you, the last three games when Gardner came in, his, his targets have been six, eight, six. And in the Ravens game, oh, by the way, quarterbacked by Gardner Minshew. He had 12 targets. So so here's a guy. Here's a rookie. You know, I feel like uh, like John Madden. Now, here's a guy. Or is that? Anyway, um, 47 targets, 85 PPR points. And over the last three weeks, the three weeks that I mentioned, the game that was split between, between AJ uh, Anthony Richardson and, and Gardner Minshew, in that three-week time frame, you're talking about the wide receiver 11. Ahead of his teammate, Michael Pittman Jr., and a guy that I think this trend's probably going to continue. I think Indy's going to continue to be behind. Gardner's going to continue to pass because he doesn't run as much as, even though he had two rushing touchdowns this past week, I just think that you're going to hear a lot of false narratives. And the pushback that I'm already going to give you is that I want to see it with Anthony Richardson in this offense. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Josh Downs? Because I don't know that you were probably I don't I bet you I bet you didn't know that over the last three games he was a top twelve, a wide receiver one in that three week small sample. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, I did know that he did really well this week because uh, somebody used him against me and he absolutely crushed my soul, which was absolutely horrifying. Um, I like Josh Downs. And I agree with you that I want to see what he looks like with Anthony Richardson, but also he's always going to be a value just because he wasn't a first-round rookie pick. And dynasty players will get absolutely nipple-tingling horny about a second-round rookie pick when it's rookie season. But once that season starts, the person that they have there, it seems like it takes them more to be able to explode. If Jackson Smith and Jigba was doing what Josh Downs is doing so far this season, JSN would be a top eight wide receiver in Dynasty. And that if, that's I'm telling you, if because I'm looking at it right now, over the last three weeks, all rookies, regardless of position, over the last three weeks, the only rookie to have scored more points than Josh Downs 
is Jordan Addison. I'm telling you, if this guy's name was Rishi Rice because he'd have the Patrick Mahomes corollary, if his name was Michael Mayer, your point, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, but we all know Quentin Johnston wasn't good from the get-go. Ain't if, enough. You know, the only person that wouldn't get the would get less credit than Josh Downs is Michael Wilson. Yeah. For having the, the, the pass. But I'm telling you, if if this small sample continues with Gardner and he continues and he finishes as like a top 18 wide receiver, people are like, imagine what he's going to do with Anthony Richardson. Well, that's all you can do is imagine. So I think if you can get him now, I think obviously you can use him. Bye weeks coming up, injuries coming up. You can clearly plug him into your lineups. But he's a guy that I'll be for all the downs that I have. I'll be looking to move in the off season because I he's think a, they'll he's, be he's they'll, an they'll acquired be a, to move. He is. He is. You know, like it's like Zay Flowers is an acquired to keep, and it's not that he can't be good with with. Anthony Richardson, he could be even better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm not one of those dynasty or fantasy analysts that pretend to know the outcome of every sequence of events ever. Never going to operate that way. That's that's not who I am. But it could happen, and it could be better. I just know that the value that he or that I think he's going to have in 2024 is going to be built on a narrative that I don't know if it's repeatable, and. Yeah. That that is why I'm acquiring him now because I can use him now. He can, like I said, he can bridge some some injuries and some buys. But and I think I think, gonna... the, I think the narrative that you're saying that if he can do this with Gardner Minshew, imagine what he's going to be able to do with Anthony Richardson is 100% going to be used, and it creates an inflated value. I can dig your argument, and and, that, and and I want him to be good. I'm a Colts fan. Right. I mean, it it it, it only stands for, for me as my fandom. For him to be really good, I just think that from a dynasty standpoint, you're going to be able to go out and get a proven piece this time next year. And you might be even like, I could easily see you getting Terry McLaren for Josh Downs in March. I could see you getting Chris Godwin. I could see you getting a guy like that if this trend of, of success continues. And not to say that I always want the old guy, but if if you go to the wide receiver position and and, and Lord God can, can we trade can we trade Terry McLaren to a contender? But you but you but you look at all the the wide receivers. It's never the young guy as the as the wide receiver one. It's Tyreek Hill, thirty. Stephon Diggs almost thirty. AJ Brown mid twenties. Keenan Allen in his thirties. DJ Moore in year six. Adam Thielen missed a game. 37 years old. Yeah, you know, D Devontae Adams is in the top 10. You do have some younger guys in there, but my point is is that if you can get that veteran in March for Josh Downs, like a 28-year-old Terry McLaren, that, that could be the move. So I, I don't want to poo-poo him, Jerry, but that's, that's just where my mind went with Josh Downs. Nope, I can dig it. I think that's actually kick-ass strategy. I've, I've done this a time Every or two. Every once in a while. Because I've, I've, I've played – uh, a, a time or two, but I think it's time that we get the hell out of here. Um, I, I have got some editing to do, and uh, I've got to finish uh, working on a, uh, a patron podcast. I'm doing a patron podcast. Here you go. For all you Dynasty content creators that listen to this show, you can do this on your free show. I'm doing this on the patron show. You ready, Jerry? Yep. Patron only, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. 
panic or patience. They sent me a list of young guys, old guys, underperforming guys, all, all of these guys. And I'm probably going to do this over a couple of weeks because I can either go through and bullet point it and go patience, panic, 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 patience. Or I can go through here and I can do four or five at a time and do this over the next couple of weeks for our patrons. Patreon.com well, forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Jerry, you can throw one at me and I'll, I'll give you a sample right here. A freebie. Well, it's like, like I'm going to be like the Costco, the old I have lady. One. I'm up, like, I got like the little skewers. So, so give me your your player. I'll put a skewer in him, and I will sample panic or patience. Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is patience. It's it's patience. These things are cyclical. It, it, it it's patience. The problem with Devonta Smith is that he is always going to be. Is his is it his game to be the number two? Again, A.J. Brown, didn't realize this, is the new offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. So you just have to hope that on a given week, is it a DeAndre Swift week? Is it a Dallas Goddard week? Or is it a Devonta Smith week? That consistent week-in, week-out performance that you were getting when Shane Steichen was calling the plays last year is probably gone. But have some patience. It's only been five games. Look at this guy. Like a like a true professional Thinking on his toes. And, and Devonta Smith was one of the ones. I, I wasn't going to do that one tonight, but that's what we're doing. Panic or patience for the patrons at Dynasty Warzone's Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And I got through all those P-P-P-P-P-P's, pushing P, with, 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 without any slippages. But Jerry, let's take this one in for landing. Let's get the hell out of here and uh, go do some more fun stuff. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, listen, on behalf of that guy, and shout out to producer Kevin. Thanks for all that you do behind the scenes. We're going to get out of here. We're going to go do some more show. But but if you stuck around this long, you might want to know about the injury finder. We'll catch you next week. And uh, remember, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks, guys. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the injury finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, we also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players. There's a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's five bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. 
You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak